1: G-Sean, G-Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Joined now by Football Morning in America himself, Peter King. Peter, thanks for joining us this morning. Sure. So, the retirement news last night. Uh, how surprised were you by this decision from Arians?
3: Not at all. Um... Uh, You know, recently, very recently, Bruce Arians reached out to me and to Sam Farmer, the Los Angeles Times, and asked uh, if we could, uh, if we would want a story. uh, And he said, the only thing is, before I tell you what it is, you've got to, uh, you've got to basically report it on my timetable. And uh, so after we discussed it a little bit, we agreed, and he told us he was stepping down. And so he Sam and I interviewed him. That was the basis of the story that broke at 8.15 last night that broke the story uh, on NBCSports.com. But what, it, what basically had happened, this was – I'm not saying it was a long time in coming, but this was basically 13 months in coming. Arians thought seriously about doing this after the Super Bowl last year, because his whole idea. And I totally understand the rumors about Brady and friction. I get it. I, I, if I knew more about it, I would, I would obviously report on it. But I just don't know uh, if those rumors are true. From Arians' standpoint, he always wanted to leave this team to the guys who he, who had coached with him for a long time or who he knew for a long time. Todd Bowles, uh, going back to the days in Arizona before Todd Bowles got the Jets job, Bruce Arians loves Todd Bowles, loves him. And he wanted to make sure that if he left this team that he was going to be able to give it To a coach who he knew and respected and he was going to be able to do it while the 31 coaches and staff people he had were taken care of uh in other words that they kept their job so i know that that part of it is absolutely real that arians uh has great affection for bulls and great respect for bulls and he thinks that Really, the reason why it didn't work out in New York was, you know, the disconnect between Bowles and the personnel side and the fact that they never had a good quarterback. And so now he wants to give Todd Bowles a real chance. When you got Tom Brady playing quarterback for your team, you have a chance. And also they got a top 10 defense. So uh, Todd Bowles is going to have a real opportunity to uh, to take this team in a positive direction.
4: Peter King, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports, is this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Peter, w- why make this decision now for Bruce Arians around the owners' meeting, or better yet, a day after the owners' meeting?
3: Um, he knew he was going to do it for a while, um, but he wanted to make sure there was a lot of things that had to happen internally for this to happen. The Glazers, the owners had to sign off on it, Jason Light, the general manager, had to sign off on it. It's not like he can just walk into his office and say, uh, "Hey, we're um, you know this is what I want to do. Let's go." There, there were meetings and conversations, uh, including one with Tom Brady. So, Arians said that he was not going to do this if his quarterback next year was Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbard. because in his opinion if he handed the team over to Todd Bowles with Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask, and then they go six and 11 this year, all of a sudden, why'd you hire uh, Todd Bowles? He's a, he's a lousy coach. The quarterback makes everything, you know, there's no no position in in all of sports that makes uh, the coach the way a quarterback does. And so that's essentially why this happened. It's been a two-week period of essentially post-Brady of Arians getting the Ducks in a row, the Glazers and Jason Light agreeing, and then uh, plotting this release of it so that uh, everybody in the organization would be comfortable with it.
1: Peter, sometimes Key gets on me and Max are being germ spreaders because we're fans and we come up with all these crazy theories but i'm I'm curious and and i apologize for asking this but i have to what what was the friction like between tom brady and bruce arians can you give us any insight on that i
3: I wish i did jay Mm -hmm. but i think one of the things that brady has done very well over the years is he's really insulated um he's really insulated who knows what in the very deep recesses of his world. And that's Mm -hmm. why it took a while for a lot of the stuff with him and Belichick to come out. Um, I I think at some point, some of this stuff, if there is something there uh, is probably going to come out. Um, But I just think this, I mean, somebody told me during the season that Tom Brady, uh, you, you know, really misses the one thing he misses about the Patriots is the tight, huge, uh, all-encompassing organization mm-hmm. of Bill Belichick. You know, that that he always had a plan, that that there was never a surprise. And, and, and look, there's a lot of coaches in the NFL who were really successful who aren't Bill Belichick. You know, Bruce Arians did not coach a game until he was 60 years old. And in nine years, he won 95 games. <laughs> So, you know, there's different ways to do this. And I wasn't inside that team, I don't know. But I can only imagine that Bruce Arians ran a much looser ship than Bill Belichick. And I think that's probably part of why you're seeing all the stories, some of which, I'm sure, have some legs. Mm-hmm.
4: Peter, why do you think uh, they went with Todd Bowles over Byron Leftwich? Is it more about... Familiarity for Bruce Arians?
3: Keyshawn, I think the biggest thing is he is, you know, of all the years he's been coaching, uh, I think the one coach who stands above all in Bruce Arians' pantheon is Todd Bowles. Mm. And just the length of time he's done it, the respect his unit has for him, the way he teaches his players – Uh, the way he motivates his players in a very wry, sardonic, uh, you know, different way, never yells, never screams, but every one of those players snaps to attention for him. So I think that's part of it. And I also think you can look at Arians and look at his staffs over the years. He is huge about loyalty. And Todd Bowles has been a very loyal soldier to Bruce Arians for a long time. They joked at one point that if, uh, that if Bowles got another job, when Arians retired, he'd just go down and be his Tom Moore. You know, for those who don't know it, Tom Moore is the, is the ancient Mariner offensive guy who's been on all sorts of coaching staffs going back to the Steel Curtain. He's in his 80s now, and Arians just had him there as basically his cabinet. You know, hey, what do you think, Tom? Right, wrong? What, give me your thoughts on this. And that's what Arians would have done if Bowles had gotten a job in wherever, Miami or Jacksonville or whatever. But as it is right now, I think that Arians felt the most comfortable and thought that Bowles was the most ready to take a veteran Super Bowl-ready team back to the playoffs.
2: Peter King, ladies and gentlemen. Peter, thank you for jumping on with us this morning. Thanks, Peter.
3: You're welcome, guys.
2: All right. So how does this move now you know, what kind of an impact does it have on the rest of the NFC? And is Aaron Rodgers song and dance that he did for who he's been doing it for about a year before he signed a contract that allows him to do it again next year. Right. Did it, is it costing him his best players? G. Sean, J. Will and Max, the podcast.
5: to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash unsportsmanlike.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, by visiting electricebikes.com. That's eBikes.com.
2: How does uh, the Bruce Arians move? Like, what kind of an impact does that have on the rest of the NFC? That's what we're asking right now, at Keyshawn J. Willemax, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and you're listening to us on either ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, or Smart Speakers, watching us on ESPN, too. You can download the podcast. Guys, Look, the NFC, AFC gets all the buzz. Key, before you even tell me, I know. Is, is, is it really that much different? Key has it from, like, like, boots on the ground. I'm actually not buying into any hype, and I'm just putting my eyeballs on it and saying what I think. For the rest of us, it looks like the AFC is hot, and the NFC is not as hot. They're like, you know, they're the Bucks, the Packers. The Rams, obviously, right? And then I think, for me, there's the Niners who get slept on a lot.
1: Don't sleep on the Cardinals.
2: Well, the Cardinals seem to wear down every year. i got to see them keep it up. And then you got to throw the Cowboys in just because they're the Cowboys, right? Even though some people are taking the Eagles to get them. I thought Chris Candy made a good argument for it. Mm -hmm. But the Packers, Key, they took a step back at wide receiver. What does that mean for Aaron Rodgers? Matt LaFleur acknowledged at the NFL meetings that, look, obviously, you lose maybe the best receiver in the game. Ain't going to help you, right? You're not trying to hide it. He knows they have to do something significant at the position. Here's head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur.
3: Devontae, yeah, that was just, again, one of those things that those decisions are never easy to, to make. And, unfortunately, it was one that, you know, we had to come to. Uh, I think a lot of it was driven by by Devontae. There's no sense in looking b- back on it. It's just we're moving forward. It's a lot to replace in terms of the production and, and the type of leader that he was for us. But, again, it was just one of those those deals that you never want to make, but, unfortunately,
0: sometimes you have to, to make.
4: Yeah, a lot of it was driven by Devontae making a decision to go to his hometown team, which at the time were the Oakland Raiders, which are the Las Vegas Raiders now and play with his former college teammate in Derek Carr. He'll still have a, some success in Las Vegas, no question about it. But when you look at the Green Bay Packers, there's a big hole, not just for Devontae Adams. You got, uh, what is it, MSV or whatever it is. Marquez valdez Yeah, That thing. Him. You have that you got to replace. You got to replace Equininius St. Brown. So you got about three, maybe four receivers that were there that you've now got to replace in – they're just not out there on trees. Now, here's what I would say: Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Aaron Rodgers can make almost make any receiver look good. That' why you think receivers always have a damn fit about the quarterbacks. When you play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you can get off and do the things you need to do. So, what would
2: you know about playing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers? I don't <laughs> you know. know about, you know about, about as much about like,
4: that as I do. <laughs> I, I, I had one guy that was halfway that way, and that was Vinny Testaverde for one year. But yeah. that's my whole point. When you have a quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers, if you took a talented receiver, you could take that talented receiver to the next level, Max and Jay. And and I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking to be able to go get a guy in the draft. And there's still some guys in the late rounds of free agency and maybe some guys on June 1st cut day that they can kind of pick up and piecemeal things together. It's not about Aaron Rodgers' contract that they couldn't get anything done at the receiver position.
1: Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Ty Hilton, Jarvis Landry. I talk about Cole Beasley, A.J. Green. There's still people out there that are are suitable for the Packers. But, I mean, if the question was, did they take a step back? Yeah, I think that's an understatement, actually, because I thought they still needed – I know Key and I used to always have conversation about this. I thought they still needed an additional receiver on top of what they had when Devontae Adams and MVS were there. So now you remove those two. uh, It's a huge gap, but I still think it's suitable enough to compete in the NFC. I, you know, I'm like, (laughs) look, if you lose Devontae Adams, you're not going to get better. Are you okay? Do you want some water? There's a lot of coughing going on. Yeah, there's some pollen or something hitting me in my throat. You're inside. There's no pollen inside. That's old pollen. Lies, lies, lies. Pollen falling out of his hair. (laughs) There you go. There's the water.
2: There it is. So, there it is. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Devonte Adams, you take him off the team, you're going to get worse, right? But I, you look at like a team like the Patriots when they had Randy Moss and Tom Brady. They literally went undefeated all season, but they didn't win the championship, right? Yeah. They fell short. And Key, I know this scratches Key where he itches because it, I say you speak Parcellian, right? I mean, I Sometimes it's not, about, it's not about being as every position as great as you can possibly. At a certain point, you're good enough to win a championship. And after that, you don't actually need more. And then the question becomes, are you sometimes able to fulfill more of your potential in terms of what you have when you don't have the security blanket? When now that Rodgers is going to have to spread it around more. Key, is there something to that?
4: Yeah. I mean, you're you're right about it, Max. Sometimes What happens in the fantasy football world of of Max Kellerman and fans that are out there is you look at the numbers, right? And you look at those numbers of Devontae Adams and you say, how could you be Uh, – how could you win without a Devontae Adams? Oh, my God, you guys are crazy. And it's like, no, that's not – you can do things by committee. Aaron Jones touches the ball a little bit more. Randall Cobb on certain down and distances and situations, situational football touches it a little bit more. Maybe you insert a Landry or Julio Jones. Maybe there's a Cole Beasley in your future. Maybe there's a Will Fuller in your future, and they all collectively pull together to give you the production that they lost. It won't be the It won't look the same, but it will be the same. And the ultimate goal in the end is to win a championship. Jay, rem- so you can do that.
2: It reminds me in a way of like one of these Gladwell books. I forgot which one. I, you know I refer to them once in a while because they apply to sports a lot of the time. But you know, like they're looking at the smartest people in the world, and, point. and no, maybe, but it's one of the yeah, maybe been the tip, one of those blindside. No, blind side is Michael Lewis. But the point is that it's like they look at the people with the highest IQs in the world. Those are not the people who are remembered as the greatest geniuses. The point was that at a certain point, like your IQ has to be above a certain point, right? And mm-hmm. at that point, it's not about how many extra points you have. It's about how do you persevere, how creative are you, all those kind of things, right? It's like, it, that's what it just reminds me of. Devontae Adams gives you an IQ of 200, but you don't need an IQ of 200. You need an IQ of 60, right? And you take them away, you might lose 40 points off, off that, what you can measure, but you still got enough to do it, and
1: sometimes that forces you to access other stuff that makes you better. See, I, I'm not a believer, though, Max, that I think Green Bay is going to be better without Devontae Adams. See, now, it, it doesn't mean that they can't win a Super Bowl, because maybe Aaron Rodgers plays slightly better. But like I still think you can make a case that when he's on the field, he is a game changer. He is a unique one-on-one uh, a safety blanket that you can always go to that's always there. Mm-hmm. Like, And I still see the pieces. Now, depending upon what happens to the rest of the NFC, like, it's a little bit more spread out. So it doesn't, it's also timing with where the rest of your conference is. So I, I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna be better. It's
2: because your IQ is not two hundred, or you would understand. It would
1: be it doesn't mean that it's no. going it's just going,
4: it's gonna be different. The, the way that it's I see it, Jay, it's, it's sure. gonna be different. Different, yeah. Different. It's it's gonna gonna key. different. Exactly, Key. Yeah, exactly. I'm certainly not arguing they're gonna be better, Key. I don't think Devontae. they're gonna be better. Yeah. There's nothing when you when you detract a guy, take a guy away like a Devontae Adams from any team, you're not gonna you didn't get better but but you certainly can do things different to to still win 13 games right the to qu- still win 14 the games. question is is there enough stuff in there where you can
2: win a championship if the answer is yes then it's a matter of optimizing what you got right doing the best with what you got it maybe is a little easier with Devontae adams right it should be because he's a fantastic player but how do they Look, also Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they lost their best receiver by far and their best deep threat, right? So here's the question, Key. You always tell me there's no such thing as a salary cap, this and that. And I get what you mean in terms of you're able to, to assess what you have and pay who you think you absolutely can't lose, right? But there is a finite number of dollars. It does force you to make some decisions. How much of Aaron Rodgers' contract affects what we're seeing now with the Packers receivers?
4: Zero. Nothing to do with that. The Green Bay Packers, as you heard Coach LaFleur say when he first, when we introduced him into the show, he talked about Adams making a decision on his own. They offered Devontae Adams more money than the Las Vegas Raiders, but he decided he wanted to go play in Las Vegas. So if you took that same money that they were going to give to Devontae, that's a lot of damn money still for other players to sign. But here's what they didn't want to do. With MVS, they did not want to overpay him. So they allowed him to go out into free agency and sign with the Kansas City Chiefs because they were not going to overpay Equinini St. Brown. There, there's a certain value to each player that an organization feels about. And that value clearly wasn't high enough for those players, so they said, you go on, get your money elsewhere, we can fill that void. And that's the way that you look at it. They put a precedent on signing Devontae Adams. He decided he didn't want to be there. Had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' contract money. Maybe it had something to do with the language in the contract, the dog and pony show, one foot in, one foot out. I don't know if you're going to be here long term. Maybe that had something to do with it.
1: See, I, I started thinking about, you know, who could be suitable guys in this system. And I, if he, if, even though he's shown the ability to, be, to not be healthy, but like I, Will Fuller can take the top off a of defense, right? A guy like OBJ, still available to a degree, okay? Could he come and come back to help you play off time? So, Keith, if you're saying that there's a budget there to go out and get guys, like you do it by committee, but you do it with pieces that give you different looks than what you've had before in the past.
2: It does seem to me, guys, that the Packers run in place for a long time, right? Like, they, like you know, they, don't dra- they draft a quarterback instead of getting Rodgers help. Now they can draft in the first-round receivers, but they lost Devontae Adams. They're knocking on the door every year, and they don't take the next step forward. Well, they have another chance this year. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get back to Bruce Arians' stunning decision to retire or was it stunning? Kijan, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We've been talking about Bruce Arians all morning. And an NFL reporter just happens to be walking around. This is like, as I said yesterday, being at Seaport is like uh, this is Sports Center commercials back from the old days. <laughs> you bump, oh, there's Diana Rossini. Let's grab her and put her on TV and on radio because... She just spoke to whom? She's about to give you the straight talk brought to you by straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Talk to me, Diana, who you've been on the phone with.
6: Well, I just ran into two-time Super Bowl champ Chris Long in the hallway. He's just walking around. So you're right. It is like a Sports Center commercial around here, which is nice to say, because what, a year ago? Yes. We're all virtual on Zoom texting each other, so it's good to see everybody. Yeah. Uh, And I am just walking around today because we've got, you know, obviously, I'd say surprising news. Uh, you know, with Bruce Arians stepping away from his head coaching duties here, Uh, I spoke with coach, uh, late last night about his decision and, you know, he, he seems really good with it and he wanted, he wanted to do this on his own terms. And this seemed like the best way to go about it. And, you know, I, I, I I asked him pretty much straight up, you know, why now, you know, and ownership and, and and coach, they, they have a great relationship And the thought of perhaps Tom Brady retiring and then having their head coach retire would have been a lot for that organization all at once, right? Their star quarterback and their head coach gone. Um, And I think for him, he just felt like the time was right. And, you know, Todd Bowles has done an incredible job the last two seasons, not just running that defense, but he is a gigantic part of the leadership in that locker room and on the field. Anytime I talk to players in Tampa Bay, it's always about... Bowles, and, and not, hmm. this is not taking away from BA. This is just Todd has a way of of having presence in a room and getting the best out of, out of players.
2: Oh well, um, so that's why he's named head coach, I suppose. What does it mean for Leftwich's future?
6: Uh, I th- I think Leftwich will get a head coaching job at some point. I think when you take a look at all right, why Todd Bowles over over Leftwich, right? Because I think a lot of people are wondering left which is the offensive coordinator he's the right-hand man to Tom Brady out there it would make sense if Tom Brady's the main guy there to put left which there but I think with Bowles's experience and his grasp on this team of the team and this roster um you know there were times where 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 Arians had to deal with some stuff whether it was personal whether it was medical injury uh and Todd was always just the the transitional coach just it was very smooth there was no issue and you know if you you peel it back a little and you you, for those of you that have seen Todd Bowles on TV through press conferences and he seems a little dry a little rough um, that's his personality and it's actually way more Patriot way way more Tom Brady than Mm. anything else and and it it actually makes a lot of sense when you start to think about it, and and I think it's going to be a really good marriage. Now
1: we, we we've been talking a ton on this show about you know the lack of minority head coaches in the NFL and the fact that prime example David Culley when he got the job right with Houston like not being set up for success. Yeah. Now I'm seeing Todd Bowles set up for success, and you're telling me that that reminds Tom Brady a lot more of the Patriot way. Give me more insight into why that is. Yeah,
6: yeah. I, well, first of all, I think Arians and Key. I think you'd agree here. You know, there's talking it, and there's walking it. And and Arians has walked the has walked the walk. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the way you yeah. say yeah, it, right, I guess? right? Right. He's really backed up a lot of his beliefs in in really trying to diversify his staff, whether it's you know adding women, uh, you know, and, and really trying to make that staff looked different than it does around the league. And, it, and it's in his mind, you know, and having tons of conversations with him over the years about it, he understood the power he had and he knew he could make change. And I think this also was a really good space for him to make sure that Todd Bowles, future was secure, that, that, that nothing was going to get in the way. And and while I don't think it would, because I know ownership has also tons of respect uh, for Bowles. And, and by the way, around the league, Todd was very, very close to getting other head coaching jobs this year. Um, and and if he wasn't going to be the head coach of the Bucks this year, I would have been surprised if he wasn't a head coach again next year. And, you know, I spoke to Todd this morning about just life since New York, right? Because we look at his time with the Jets, you know, 24 and 40 record, something like that, right? Or 40 and 24 record, 24 and four record. New York wishes it was 40 and 24. Um, (laughs) you know, he struggled a bit here. He did. He did. And there's tons of reasons, but I think growth is the most important part and hearing him talk about what he learned about himself. Mm. And he said very, very openly that he would not be the coach he is now with that experience in New York. And this transition into a head coach again here, um, it doesn't seem as daunting especially when, when when you were with the Jets here to go from the Jets to now Tom Brady being your quarterback. So uh, in, in terms of any concerns about him being able to handle this, um, I have zero.
2: Diana Rossini, thank you for jumping on with us. We're going to see you in, what, about an hour? Not even. You, I know you're very busy this morning, so glad we could grab you for this. Appreciate right. it.
6: Thanks, Diana guys. Diana Rossini, ladies and gentlemen,
2: ESPN NFL reporter. Key? Yo. What is Todd Bowles Need to do differently as a head coach this time around, if anything?
4: Well, I think he, it, it's important for him to let his staff do their job, but also he's in a perfect situation, like everyone has talked about, whether it's Peter King, whether it's Mike Tannenbaum, and now Diana Rossini. Is in a, he's in a perfect situation. You got a future head coach and offensive coordinator, Byron Lefwich. You have a Hall of Fame first ballot as soon as I retired 24 hours later in Tom Brady at the quarterback spot. When you have a coordinator and a quarterback, everything else is on autopilot for him at that point. He can't possibly screw it up. If he screws it up, then that's because he can't coach. That's because he can't coach. Because everything is set up for success and not for failure. In New York, it was set up for failure. You know
1: You know what's Uh-oh. interesting to me, Hold on, Max. I yeah. wanted to say one thing yeah. uh, again to, to Brother Key because we didn't get a chance to really – dive deep into this key like we we've spent a lot of time on our show talk about the lack of minority head coaches in the league and we had really in-depth conversations about david cully and the jobs that a lot of black coaches at the head coaching position are forced to take interim in in order to get their foot in the door and here i am watching what's happening in tampa bay with bruce arians and i have to commend him and give him a round of applause, not for just all the diversity hires that what you know Diana talked about as it relates to women and minority, you know, assistant coaches, but the fact that now the keys have been handed to the car that's going to be successful. It is set up to be successful for Todd Bowles. Instead of him having to do a complete revamp and fight for, you know, starting below zero, starting in the negative direction. You know, it's just a monumental shift, and I applaud BA for that. You you think about it. Real quick, Max here,
4: the one coach that comes to mind that when Jay talked about being set up for success, the one coach that's a minority, Max, that mm-hmm. was set up for success who's still being successful was who? Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. He replaced a legendary coach in Bill Cower, who had come off winning Super Bowl and doing everything, playoffs, you name it, walked in that thing, And he's been rolling ever since. Mm -hmm. That is the jobs that you want.
2: And who gave him the job? The people who invented the Rooney Rule, the Rooney Rule. And how does how does uh, um, I want to say Byron Byron Leftwich? How does Todd Bowles, you know, get this job? Again, it's the people in the organization Mm. making decisions that lead to change. It's individuals making choices you can make certain choices they choose this path we continue to talk about Bruce Arians with three-time Super Bowl champ G-Sean J-Will and Max
4: the podcast passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Well, I mean, Bruce Arians ain't not going nowhere. How many negatives is that? Bruce Arians going somewhere. He's going to the front office. Teddy Bruschi. Very Columbia. Teddy Bruschi, Mm -hmm. ESPN Mm -hmm. NFL analyst and three-time Super Bowl champ, will be joining us in moments. I'll take a Teddy Bruschi, please. He, here's what I wanted to ask you at the end of the last segment, although I think Jay's question was better. And I'll ask Teddy Bruschi because he's with us now. What's going on, Ted?
7: Guys, good morning.
2: There he is. Good I'm morning. In, I gotcha. So I, I was just wondering, I, I want to wonder this out loud. I just want to hear your your and Key's comments on it. And Jay, like, what do you think? Like, I imagine part of Tom Brady leaving New England is, he only ever knew one way as a professional for 20 years. You might want to see, especially if a team is loaded, another way of doing things, right? So he goes to Bruce Arians. who's a very different kind of coach. Now Todd Bowles is described consistently as much more Belichick-like, right, than Bruce Arians-like in terms of his approach and demeanor and all that stuff. I wonder if Tom, Teddy, is... Like thinking, you know what? I kind of like it that other way. That's what I'm used to. That's because he had a lot of success under Bruce Arians. But I like kind of more of what I was brought up with in the NFL. What do you think of that?
7: Guys, there's a lot of Bill Belichick in the way he goes about things that is in Tom Brady. If um, just by the way, you know, his, his detail and the way he follows things, it's the way he was brought up. It's the way his football foundation was poured, if you will. So, yes. You want to experience something. I mean, you you go through it for 18, 19 years. It's like, man, you can't just, it's hard. You got to have thick skin to go through that for so long. So you want to go experience it somewhere else. They do, he does that. And then you, you realize there's another way to win. But then there's a, you start to realize which way do you prefer. And I think most definitely the way that Tom Brady prefers is the structured, disciplinarian type of approach, not maybe over the top that it was maybe in New England, but just more of a structured, disciplinarian approach that possibly and most definitely uh, Todd Bowles can probably do a little bit more structured than Bruce Arians.
4: And, and, and Teddy's 100% right. When you look at Bill Belichick, and Todd Bowles, very similar in terms of their approach. Things are more buttoned up, not so Lucy like a Bruce Arians. When you think about Bruce, he likes to have a little more fun. And when Tom's been doing it for 20 years of a certain way, you're coming in, you're leaving the building a certain way, yeah, going out, finding something new for a year or two, and then realizing, you know what, nah, that's not really what I wanted. I wanted more like this. Because all of us can be on the same page, and it's just more of a comfort level, which is nothing wrong with that, Max. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not saying there is. I, I, it seems to me that there was a kind of link there, Jay.
1: TB, uh, I'm curious, you know, when people hear about Todd Bowles, uh, if you spend any time with him or know of him, like, what about him makes people have the belief that he is going to be able to take and sustain the level of success that they've had with Tampa Bay?
7: Yeah, I don't have any personal experience of, of Todd Bowles, but I can just say this, that Tampa Bay, um, they were very coordinator-driven, okay? And Bruce Arians did a great job of just not only letting them do what they do, but also setting up this whole situation if you just—you know, you know. Bruce Arians wanted to leave this for Todd Bowles because of the, the, the relationship they had, the history they had. I mean, Todd Bowles, I mean, and Bruce Arians have a great relationship. So, I mean, Bruce Arians being the one that's, you know, led the league in terms of diversity and head coaches in, in, their, in, in his staff, I think it's just he just wanted to give him something that to where—did did Bruce Arians retire, I'm trying to get to, because Tom Brady came back. You know what I mean? So it's a good, in a good shape to leave for Todd Bowles.
4: Yeah, when you, when you think about it, Jay, it's one of those situations, right, Teddy, where Bruce wanted to do this a while ago. And he said to himself, if I did this, either Todd's going to be the head coach and put in a bad situation, or they're going to hire somebody else and he's going to get uh, frozen out of getting an opportunity to be a head coach somewhere. So now that Tom is here, It's in a great position, great situation. Byron Leftwich is here. Special teams coordinators are here. Everybody's still intact. We brought players back. Now it's prized for him to go on a nice run. Like I mentioned a segment ago, Mike Tomlin took over when he came from the defensive coordinator of Minnesota Vikings to the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for Bill Coward. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in a great situation, and the rest was history or has been history since then.
2: So, Here's the question, um, Teddy. Robert Kraft was expressing some kind of concern about the fact that it's been three years and the Patriots haven't won a playoff game. He ain't used to that in the last twenty-something years, right? How much pressure do no. you think is on Bill Belichick now? He just made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback who also made the Pro Bowl, by the way. He did. That's a great job. The AFC looks so competitive right now. There are seven slots. They may have to win the division to get in. How much pressure is there on Bill Belichick to make the playoffs and advance in the playoffs this season, Teddy Bruschi?
7: Yeah, I would say, speaking it from a Bill Belichick perspective, not not only pressure but, like, irritation, irritation that he hasn't uh, had that playoff win in a little while. I mean, if we remember, I mean, when he had Tom Brady, they couldn't get that—in that last year, they couldn't get that playoff victory either, so it's been a little while. Uh, I respect, I respect Mr. Kraft, and like he, he, he wants it. He wants it now, and you know, through ways you, you put a little pressure on the head coach. Bill knows this though, and he knows that. I mean, it's been two years or so since Tom Brady, and they're back in the playoffs, but still, it's time to get that win. Um, You know, Mr. Kraft wants to get it going again, and he wants to show that, you know, that transition is complete, because the transition they've made in the last couple years from going from Cam Newton to transitioning and getting all the free agents and then having Mac Jones— it's been impressive to where now they're talked about. I mean, I don't, I don't pick them to win the AFC East. I think Buffalo's still the class of that division. But playoff conversation, I mean, they're there. You're talking about the Patriots being there, and that's a transition, a successful transition in itself.
2: Thanks, Teddy. Appreciate it. All right, TB. Teddy Bruschi, ladies All right, guys. and gentlemen. That's a three-time Super Bowl champion with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. He knows what he's talking about, I guess, especially when it comes to this topic. Um, I, I do think, Key, I know we were talking about it earlier, there is pressure on Belichick. It's like, you know, as no matter what you've done in this life, what, you, what do you have in front of you? What are you going to do right now? And it's interesting. Like, I think there's pressure on Justin Herbert. He hasn't made the playoffs. Joe Burrow just went to the Super Bowl. The C West stacked. I think there's pressure on... You know, a million, like, what does Tom Brady have to prove? Well, that he's still elite, right? Like, there's always something for someone. And in this case, can Belichick make it in? And can he win a playoff game this year? Do you think he can, yes or no?
4: I, I think he can. I don't know for sure, but I, I think he can. You know, it, it's something about a guy like this who Teddy mentioned it is irritated. He has the Max Kellermans and Jay Wills of the world questioning his ability to be a coach without Tom Brady, he hears and sees all this Jay even though Will. he doesn't tell us. Ridiculous.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We get into it next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.